Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Chad Brendel joins us on 365 Sports Bearcat Journal. Chad, thanks for your time. It's been three days since the, the schedule was released by the Big 12. What were a couple of the highlights that caught your attention the most or have caught your, has caught your attention the most since Tuesday? Well, first off, I just want to volunteer my <laughs> services in Vegas as, uh, you know, one of the world's uh, foremost Travis Kelsey authorities uh, with a child named Kelsey after the brothers. Oh, that's if right. You guys need me. You guys need me. You can fly me out to Vegas. I will accept. All right. Uh, we we might have space. You you better be careful. You might get that call. Not kidding. We're set up. <laughs> we're set up with great stuff. Uh, and, and thanks for your time as always, Chad. On, on the schedule itself, were there a couple of yeah. things as, as someone that covers them, follows them, enjoys them that, that maybe popped out first? For me, it's it's the start. I mean, you know, the, if you look at the, the back half, the, the final four games, there's some, you know, based on what we saw last year in the, in the game Cincinnati played, there's challenges in those last four games. But the first five – yeah, Arizona State, Colorado, Houston, UCF. You've got a chance to build some momentum in year two of the Scott Satterfield era. Uh, or you have a chance to have this fan base in a complete panic uh, if, if they don't start to get things turned around. Because, let's face it, again, much like we talked about last year, this is about as forgiving as it gets with a Big 12 schedule, especially early this year, Cincinnati has to take advantage and make some hay in those, you know, September-October games. Chad, just what's the general feeling? I mean, the offseason is typically a very positive time for everybody, ultimately. I mean, you lose players, you might lose some coaches, but for the most part, everybody feels like they're getting better. Just what's the sort of feel, I guess, as the offseason is fully underway now for, for Scott Satterfield in year two? I think there's a lot of uh, anticipation on what what the early returns are on Indiana transfer quarterback Brendan Sorsby. Um, you know, Emory Jones, as much as he left it all out on the field, the reality is when it you know when when it mattered, he wasn't able to get the job done a year ago. And, and you guys know this. I'm not breaking any new ground here you go as your quarterback goes, or at least 
you give yourself a lot more opportunity to win if your quarterback play is good. It was not good last year. It was below average. And in a lot of ways, that cost Cincinnati games where they were in and had a chance to win. I mean, I think if you look at the Baylor game, yeah, Baylor got better quarterback play. I thought overall Cincinnati probably played better than Baylor in that game. Mm-hmm. But Baylor's quarterback play was better. And that got Baylor the win. And if Cincinnati is going to bounce back in year two, Brendan Sorsby has to be good. So, you know, there's there's anticipation on what does the Indiana transfer look like in year one in Scott Satterfield's system. Hey, I saw uh, a couple of things. I, I follow you, obviously, on Twitter, and it's always very uh, – it's, it's fun, energetic as well. But someone was bringing up today's news, the SEC and the Big Ten – and um, and your comment was their resolution will absolutely be AFC NFC setup that shuts everyone else out, and they will tell you it's good for the sport. In fact, somebody then followed up and said the two conferences who are claiming to try to save the sport are the ones who are actually destroying it. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, we're not supposed to say that part out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're not going to be a part of this uh, this NCAA much longer. You and me, right? Uh, us. Uh, I mean, supposedly the NCAA is kind of behind this. Allegedly, the NCAA, as we know it, is nearing its end. Um, What have we found out? Nothing about the NCAA rules and bylaws are legal. They're all illegal based on antitrust violations. So the rule book, if the NCAA is going to survive, the rule book has to be shredded. It cannot exist in its current iteration to be successful because now everybody has figured out, oh, the NCAA ruled against me? Well, we'll go to court, and the NCAA has no chance to win. The O'Bannon case went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court voted nine to nothing, guys. Guess what? You could go to the Supreme Court with the sky is blue, and it would be five to four. Yeah, right. Yep. The NCAA can't win in court. So if you can't win in court, then your rule book has to go. So either they scrap the rule book and they start over, or something else has to take the place of the NCAA. Today was a very loud step in that direction, I think. Chad, uh, looking back at that schedule, the road trips, uh, Miami of Ohio early on, and we know that was a, a problematic game for for Cincy just last year, going to Lubbock, going to Orlando, to Boulder, to Ames, to Manhattan. Um, some pretty good little venues. I mean, I know it's not necessarily yeah. like big metro cities and vacation spots, but I, I don't know, it seems like a, a tough but a very interesting road schedule for the Bearcats. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I mean, especially, you know, Kansas State, Iowa State, uh, those are two teams that that generally really do a good job defending their home turf. Um, And, and, you know, this is uh, the first year Cincinnati is going to get to experience only four conference home games and five conference road games. Uh, So, you know, that'll be interesting to see kind of how they navigate that as you've got kind of the – the numbers stacked against you. I think that all goes back to why last year was so frustrating. They had an easier schedule. Not that it was easy, but it set up well. You had five home games. They didn't win a single Big 12 home game. That's bad. Mm. And now you only got four this year. 
So defending Nipper, which has historically been one of the tougher places to play in the country, has got to become part of their DNA again because winning on the road in this league is going to be really, really tough. I mean, I don't think we expect Colorado to be top of the league good yet, but going to Boulder and winning is not going to be a walk in the park. So, you know, that it sets up for Cincinnati where there's going to be a ton of pressure on those home games because you're going into a lot of environments that are going to be very difficult to navigate as the road team. Chad, the men's basketball team, tough loss to West Virginia. They're down at the bottom in this this conference, even if you're good. But you, we've seen teams that lose three in a row. Baylor, for example. Uh, where are they, you think? It's been a while from an, for an NCAA tournament appearance. They have an incredible history at Cincinnati. That doesn't have to be repeated at all. Where are they, in your opinion, as a basketball program right now? I think they are a bubble team, and that's what the metrics say that they are. Um, I think they have two games that that really have kind of flipped this season. They had Texas beat at home, and they let it get away. You know, you're up two, under a minute. You've got a guy at the line shooting a one-and-one, and he misses the front end. And Texas comes down, hits a shot to tie. They get a stop, and then uh, they hit another, a second tough shot, Ace Smith's. Uh, from the baseline on a on an angle that I don't even know how it worked, but he got it to go. And then Oklahoma, I don't know, guys. Am I seeing? Are you guys seeing the same thing I am? Like I, I respect Oklahoma's talent. I think they're really well coached. That's not. It doesn't feel like that's a a team that's at the top of this league in terms of their roster. Um, and they had Oklahoma in a position where they could have won that game. They let both of those get away at home, and when you do that, it magnifies mm-hmm. going to a place like West Virginia and having a bad five minutes, which is what happened. They were up 10, six and a half minutes to go, and they lost. Um, so the, it makes the math really hard because now you're sitting at, instead of four and four, now you're sitting at three and five, and you've got to basically, I think this team's in the tournament if they get to nine and nine. Yep, I, I agree. Anybody in the conference, I think, that gets to 9-9, nine and nine, unless they just played a horrible non-conference schedule, right. even then, if you get to 9-9 nine and nine in this conference, you're going to have trem- – you'll have a lot of quad one wins uh, along the way. Right. Yeah. But now the math to get there is really difficult because you now have to go 6-4. and four. You've got Houston twice, home and away. Mm. You go to Oklahoma. You go to TCU. You got two UCF, which is another landmine, uh, because that's a team that's not great, but they can win games at home, as uh, Kansas and and uh, Texas found out. And you know, you, I so they open. This is what I love about this league, guys. They open the season. They open conference play with six straight ranked opponents. Six straight. Then you get this little two-game gap, Central Florida at home, West Virginia on the road. Your next three are the top three teams in the league. Texas Tech on the road, Houston at home, Iowa State at home. There's no time to come up for air. And now you've got to go figure out how to get one of these games that you weren't expected to win because of the West Virginia loss. So I I think they're really close. to. I think they have a tournament talent team. 
but I don't know that they're going to get to the nine wins that they need to because of that West Virginia loss. Uh, coupled with those two home losses, you've got to win at home in this league. You can't drop two that you should have won. Yep, it, it, it can flip on you and you're staring. And every, I mean, Kansas had more losses in their first seven conference games ever under Bill Self yeah. and the credit run he's had. Baylor lost three in a row because they couldn't finish. And next thing you know, one of those and another one, next two overtime, and then they – it is crazy. Of the two sports, when they do strike it, and I'm not talking national championship, but I'm talking about competing and getting into the top 25 between at Cincinnati. Final thing, will it be men's basketball or will it be football that gets there? It's basketball because they're closer. Okay. The roster is really well constructed. Wes Miller is is has got the – foundation and the culture of his program established they're going to defend they're going to rebound they're going to be tough um you guys saw that when they came to baylor i mean baylor was baylor's more talented cincinnati refused to go away that entire game and i think you know you're one maybe two more offensive weapons on this roster going forward from this being a consistent top 25 program football I got to see it. You know, I I see better than I hear, as the great Marvin Lewis used to always say when he was with the Bengals. Uh, I got to see it with football before I can put them on that path that, you know, look, go look at the losses in basketball. One point, one point, four points, five points. I think Cincinnati's three and five with a positive uh, plus minus on score over the eight games. I went to that Cincinnati game, and I told you that I text you. Uh, Skillings is fantastic. He is smooth. Yeah. He missed a dunk. He had a couple of that game. He brought him back. He was the reason they had a chance, and it's unfortunate yeah. for him. But, yeah, he's really smooth. They got some dudes inside. They got some bodies inside that I was very impressed with as they get better and more experienced. But they, they have a – they're tough. You're right. And I like the way they played that game. Yeah. I mean, that's how they played. You know, they were right there at – Fog Allen Fieldhouse, you know, it's a, it's a two point game down the stretch and you know, they're close. I just think they need just a touch more offensively uh, to really set them up. Uh, But, but they're right there. And and Wes Miller's got this program in a good spot. Thank you, Chad, as always, buddy. Have a great weekend. Chad Brendel with us from Bearcat journal on Cincinnati, the football schedule. And also at the end, a couple of questions about the men's basketball and football teams, which one is ahead of the other. And he mentioned basketball. They've got an incredible history when it comes to the University of Cincinnati in basketball. Not that they don't have a nice history. It was just, what, two or three years ago. They're in the semifinals in college football with Fickle before he moved on to Wisconsin. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.